1280 WPKZ. I'm surprised I'm stumping you guys with some of the music I found. That one I don't remember. That one that was back in the 70s, maybe early 80s. The late Charlie <laughs> Daniels had a song many years ago before he had that song in America, uh, which was a hit for him, I think, 70s and 80s. He did a song called Uneasy Rider, talking about his time driving south and having that flat tire go and other things in that song. Where I think he ended it where he was going to change things and go by, south by by way of Omaha, I think is how the song ends. But let's get away from talking about the uneasy writer to the car doctor, who I'm sure has had to deal with some of those situations himself. John Paul, AAA Northeast, good morning, sir. Thanks for joining us. Good morning, guys. i got to tell you, when I heard a little bit of that song, I was a little scratching my head at the same time. <laughs> See? <laughs> so I'm the only one yeah. who, who knew this song? Well, once you said it, I, it became familiar, but yeah. Yeah. Not to me. <laughs> Gee, I feel, I feel so prehistoric amongst the four with, the, with you guys. You know, I, I, I feel like, boy, I, 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 maybe I need a giant beard and just dress me up and call me Methuselah or something <laughs> like that, you know? How's it going this morning? It's going just great. It's going just great. It's, uh, you know, it's been hot weather out and hot weather, unfortunately, for people who maybe have deferred some maintenance on their cars might mean some overheating. So um, if you are planning to be with the other 44 million people on the road over the 4th of July holiday, you might want to, if you can't get into your repair shop in the next day or so, at least make sure your radiator's topped off and maybe even carry a little bit of extra pre-mixed antifreeze and water with you in case you have to top it off again while you're on the road. And also, when you're talking about getting things ready for your vehicle for the summer, also it's good to have maybe like an emergency summer kit just in case of problems too? Absolutely. I, You know, I, over the years, way back when, I used to carry a whole tool set of um tools with me maybe it was because i drove older cars or maybe because older cars were just easier to repair but today i look at the kind of number one and number two reasons that we go out and rescue people are flat tires and dead batteries so i carry a portable jump start pack they're about the size of a good size paperback book and you can actually jump start your car with them and they stay pretty much charged up for about six months at a time and they, a lot of them just charge up off of a, either a 12-volt outlet in your car or you plug it in. And um, that way you don't have to find the Good Samaritan that has the jumper cables. So that's always a help. And the other thing I carry with me is a portable air compressor that plugs into the cigarette lighter or hooks up to the battery. And that way I can take care of a low tire if I come out of somewhere and I see the tires not quite flat but almost there. At least I can pump it up and get to uh, someplace to have it repaired. And again, if I have that, if I left my lights on or a door open and my battery went dead, at least I know I can jump start my own car and I don't have to find somebody with jumper cables. I always used to say there was two kinds of people in the world, those with jumper cables and those that needed them. And... Uh, they don't always get together at the same time, so I carry my own stuff with me. And, of course, um, some road reflectors or road flares, just in case I do break down, to warn the other motorists on the road that I'm over here in the breakdown lane. Don't run me over. And you make a good point about having the jumper cables. Because you know, I've had situations, and, and I'm, I'm one of those, I will confess, that sometimes I am not paying attention to the car 
And uh, sometimes I am guilty of maybe leaving the headlights on. Yes. Because I've done that from time to time. And when one car I had, I left them on and just suddenly realized, oh, gee, i got to turn them off. And then it was too late where suddenly the car went. Well, nowadays, you it can, wouldn't start. If you're moving your hands around, sometimes you bump a switch and you don't even yeah. know you're bumping a switch. And all of a sudden, your lights are on or some other light is on. You just didn't really realize you did it. But but also with the car I'm driving today, it's one of those cars where if the, lead, if the headlights on, uh, somehow they automatically turn themselves off, which Hopefully. is something new in vehicles. At least that's what I found in mine, where the lights suddenly automatically go off. And then I'll start it up and realize, oh, boy, what a dummy I was. Yeah. Well, it, it's not just you. It's not just you. Don't worry. Um, you know, the cars today, a lot of times, the headlights will shut off. Some some do, some don't. Even some brand-new cars don't. Some mm-hmm. cars today will actually, the computer in the car will actually look at different systems in the car and say, oh, someone left the door open, so we'll shut off the dome light after about 10 or 15 minutes. Oh, yeah. someone did this, we'll shut this off. And the the point is to try to keep that battery from going dead. But if you're trying to do that with a battery that's maybe a little bit marginal, and the average life of a battery in New England is somewhere between four and five years, but it's the hot weather that actually does a battery in. The cold weather is what puts it under stress, but it's the hot weather that affects the chemicals inside the battery. And if you have a battery that's four or five years old and it's been starting the car just fine, you got through winter and you said, hey, I got through winter, my car started up every day, and all of a sudden a couple of these 90-plus degree days and your car's been sitting out in a parking lot somewhere, you go to turn the key and nothing well, that's because the battery just sort of self-destructed. And if you leave your lights on for just a short period of time, sometimes that's just enough on that type of battery that's about ready to, uh, at the end of its life, that it's not going to have the capacity you need to get the car going. This may sound like a silly question, staying with the fact that we got again, the Again, no silly questions. But I, I'm known for asking silly questions or doing the closest thing to dumb questions, so here goes nevertheless. When it comes to uh, the the fact that you got the car, the battery, uh, when you get to the weather like this, should you just get the battery checked up to make sure it's in good working order, to make sure that it's running properly, or do you just assume that after, as you say, as time goes on, just change the battery altogether? Well, the smart idea would be to change the battery altogether. Now, I'll say that with the idea that I have a car with a six-year-old battery in it, and I have periodically tested it, and it still looks to be in really good shape. But realistically, if you're, the battery in your car or your car is more than three years old, it wouldn't hurt to have the battery tested. And then sometimes, depending on the, your own, I guess, worry about getting stuck somewhere, when your car battery or your car gets to be five years old, smart money would be, Replace the battery now before you have a problem with it. Which makes sense. Which, again, I haven't done in my own car that's six years old. Well, some of them you can add water and acid to to, to keep them going, too. Well, you can add water, and when you add water, um, if it's a battery that you have to provide maintenance, and most batteries today are maintenance-free, either the covers are sealed so you can't get to them, or they're very low-maintenance batteries where... Maybe you might top them off once in a blue moon. The idea of adding extra uh, electrolyte, the battery acid, um, 
that isn't really going to do any good. That's sort of a old wives' tale of a way to rejuvenate a battery. People used to take an old battery and empty everything out of it and then fill it up with fresh water and, and some battery acid and think they're going to get some more life out of it, but really you're just prolonging something that's at the end of its life anyway. So, again, if the battery's more than five years old, the, you know, the smart people would say, Replace it now before you have a, a problem because chances are when you have a problem, you're not the only one. In other words, it's not going to work. Now, you mentioned about the numbers of people who are going to be traveling at least 50 miles or more by way of vehicle. You're talking about, incorrect me, necessary 44 million people who are going to be traveling during this travel period. When going around here in Massachusetts, we've noticed price of gasoline has been going up, I think, within the last month, looking at gas stations here They've gone up, I'd say, within the last uh, two or four weeks, up 16 cents a gallon. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of in your area, gasoline right now is in the low to mid-290s, and it has gone up. In fact, this is the highest gas price we've seen for the 4th of July holiday in about seven years. Uh, Seven years ago, it was a little higher than it is right now, but gas prices certainly have gone up. And just over the last year or so, uh, gas prices um, kind of in the Fitchburg area have gone up about 90 cents since the last over the last year or so. And, uh, you know, a little bit of a surprise for people if they haven't been going out as much as they used to when they went to fill up. All of a sudden now that, that $20 fill up is starting to look like a $30 fill up when they go to fill up with gas. And a lot of people say, well, you know, is this going to affect people going away for the holiday? And generally not, because say you were going on a thousand mile road trip and your car got 20 miles per gallon. Well, versus last year to this year, it's going to cost you a little less than $50 to go on that same thousand mile road trip. And for most people, especially all of us that have been cooped up for the past 15 months or so, the idea of being able to get out in the road and it's going to cost us another fifty bucks. We'll we'll eat we'll eat it we'll eat more pizza and less fancy meals. <laughs> what about people that shut their car off at, let's say, at <clears throat> stoplights or an exit that's going to take a little bit of time or an entrance? And uh, well, I notice some people they shut their car off until they get to move and they start well, again. Well, uh, that's what hybrids do. If you think about a hybrid or even some of these newer cars that have auto shut off systems. When you shut off the car, it's getting zero miles per gallon, so you're not wasting any fuel. Um, Back when cars had carburetors on them, it would use about the equivalent of four or five miles of driving every time you restarted your car because it would be that extra squirt of gas into the carburetor. Today's cars, not as much. Is there any real big savings of shutting your car off? Not a huge amount, but it's an incremental saving. Some people also will shut their cars off to prevent them from overheating when they're stuck in traffic. Um, But as far as actually really saving some gas, I always tell people, you know, they'll they'll say, well, I shut off my car when I'm waiting at the drive-through to get coffee or a burger or something like that. I'm, I have a better idea. Shut off your car, walk inside, say hello to somebody, and order your food. <laughs> That's funny. That works. But a hybrid a hybrid car, it's worth shutting off. Uh, a hybrid car, what happens is when a hybrid car shuts the gasoline engine off, you still have the electric motor, and that's that's what keeps the accessories running, and that's what starts you off. And and even, as, even if it's an old hybrid, like an original Series 1 uh, Prius, 
when the car is off and you go to take off, for the first few seconds, it's running on battery only, battery electric motor only, and then the gasoline engine kicks on. Mm. So it's a much smoother transition. The idea of starting and stopping a car every time is, especially like I, none of our family cars have a auto start and stop feature. They're not hybrids. So the idea of starting and stopping a car every time you're stuck in traffic, extra wear and tear to the starter, extra extra wear on the battery. But if you're going to be stuck, if you're stuck in one of those um, you know, legendary traffic jams, maybe out on the Mass Pike or, you know, where where 84 is in Sturbridge, where traffic can back up and you're stuck for half an hour, then it makes some sense to shut the car off. Mm. Yeah, that does make good sense. Oh, also, we're, we're, we're going to take a break, get people caught up what's happening on the roads. But one more thing as far as driving, and that is when you're looking around for places to get gasoline, because we've mentioned this before, the best way of keeping prices down is going to those stations where you find the prices the lowest. But even though prices have been climbing the way they have been, is that still a habit we should keep following just because we're still finding those lower prices? Uh, We found that when we do our surveys, prices can vary sometimes up to 20 cents per gallon. If you're getting 10 gallons of gas, that's $2. So, you know, typically the gas price is going to be the highest either out on out on the highway or right off the highway where it's most convenient. And sometimes it only takes a half-hour drive off, or I mean a half-mile drive off the highway to see gasoline prices go down 10 cents a gallon maybe. So uh, certainly it makes sense to shop around in your own neighborhood. You usually know where the cheapest gas stations are. And some gas stations still have things like Wacky Wednesday where you can save a little bit of money on gas or maybe get a free car wash on a certain day if you're, if you're buying gasoline. So... The, there's a little bit of an offset there, and of course, you know the supermarkets with their points and credit cards with their points. Uh, you can save some money on gasoline that way. So there's always different ways to save. Uh, certainly, if you look at you know some gas stations where you can pay cash instead of using credit, there's a little bit of savings there. I I tend to not do that. I typically use a credit or debit card to get gas, but I try to find the gas station that's priced uh, even to the cash credit difference and save myself a little money that way so like a manic monday wacky wednesday <laughs> is another way of looking at it. now here in northern western canada we're lucky to sense where you say stay what average is like around 290 or so here we've been finding stations maybe like 275 a gallon i think even one station not too far from our studios or maybe it's less than 270 a gallon so still shop around like you said shop around for the best deal absolutely it does it does make sense to certainly shop around we i uh, when you see those kind of prices, sometimes that's a little in a little gas war going on uh, down on the South Shore where I live. There's two gas stations, and they are always cheaper than everybody else. And one goes down a penny, the other goes down a penny, and they'll do that. And I don't know how they're making money at the end of the day because they must do it just sh- sheerly on volume because they're much cheaper than some of the other stations around them. And interestingly, they're full serve. Uh, I, I think we're going to stick it stick around. Oh, have, have you joined? We're going to go right through to the bottom of the hour with John. Right. Well, because uh, I'm looking at the time right now, so we'll just keep talking about uh, travel and the fact that Fourth of July. Were places that people would go, seeing that we've got a long weekend. Where Fourth of July is on a Sunday, and actually people are going to also going to be uh, doing some traveling on the Fifth of July, which is a Monday too. Yeah, I, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting. Uh, people still are always heading towards. The beaches and the mountains. So, you know, expect um, 
anywhere where it could be a little bit cooler. We've had some hot weather, and although it's going to be cooler for the weekend, but uh, expect there to be crowds at the beaches heading up to the lakes regions in New Hampshire. You always see you always see that as a busy destination. But interestingly, people are also taking advantage of uh, getting on a plane again, and we're seeing theme parks like Disney World in Orlando and even Disneyland in uh, Anaheim top some of the list of vacation destinations this year. So we're seeing we're seeing people are really anxious to get back to traveling again, uh, even though we've, we've looked and we've done some comparison and saw that the average price of staying in a kind of a moderate, kind of a three-diamond hotel has gone up in some cases up to 30%. And car rental, if you're going to go out and rent a car, be prepared to be a little bit shocked by that because uh, the car rental fleets aren't as big as they used to be. They can't buy enough cars because of the chip shortages that all the auto manufacturers are facing. So um, there are some rental car shortages right now, which when I don't care if it's gasoline or rental cars, it's all about supply and demand. And when right. the supply gets tight and the demand gets, gets uh, strong, prices tend to go up. Right. That's amazing that rental cars are short in supply. And as a result, you're going to pay more for rental cars. You're going to pay more for rental cars. In fact, there's there's been some, and it probably hasn't happened a whole heck of a lot of time, but uh, the, there was a picture that kind of floated around the Internet a lot. Someone couldn't get a rental car in Hawaii, so they rented a U-Haul van. Huh. Well, whatever, right? Get yeah, yeah. They, whatever works, right? It, it, got, it got them around, and, and that's one of the things that we're seeing. In fact, the average rental daily rental car rate i just looked it up has increased 86 percent wow yeah so i mean it's not unusual to get that you know car that you used to see for you know 39.95 a day all of a sudden it's 160 dollars um to get that same rental car that's wow. crazy you can't yeah. do that for a week if you're somewhere that, that, no that's, no yeah that's 1600 bucks yeah, you, you gotta can, learn you know, how to walk or take a bus no kidding yeah, right? you, you can't afford to do that yeah and it really you know that's one of the things that was kind of a uh, uh, unintended consequence of everything that's happened during the pandemic. These, you know, shortages of uh, rental cars. You know, nobody was renting cars during the pandemic because everyone was concerned about uh, virus transmission within rental cars. So rental car agencies started to dump their fleets early and they weren't buying new cars. And then when it came time to buy new cars, they couldn't get them because a rental car, big rental car company like Hertz would go to, say, General Motors, Ford, Chrysler, and say, we'll buy this three-day supply of cars that you're making right now. And unfortunately, those cars are just not as available because of the semiconductor shortage. Wow, that's amazing. For people listening to our conversation that have questions, want to reach you, best way to contact you, John? The easiest way always is go to AAA.com slash car doctor. You'll find a little uh, box there that says ask a question, and every single question gets a personal response. Very cool. good. John Paul, the car doctor, thank you so much for joining us. All the best to you and yours for this 4th of July. Take S care. Same to you all. Take care. Bye-bye. Happy, Happy motoring. We've got news coming up next on the KZO 105.3.